This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Welcome to week number three of our series we're calling Don't Feed the Wildlife. And uh, how many of you know there's, a, there's kind of a wild part to us? There's a, a very natural uh, carnal side to you and I. It's called the flesh, right? And so before we get started, uh, anybody want to hear a cat story? I, I mean, I guess I got to do a cat story every, every week in this series. Since, uh, and, and it's amazing not being a cat owner, I've got cat stories. I mean, it, and that might be the, one of the reasons I don't, I'm not a cat owner, right? So, uh, uh, so anyway, this is, y'all, y'all remember last year me telling you about our neighborhood became a set for an Alfred Hitchcock film. It was the sequel to, to The Birds. And, um, and so if you weren't here, here <clears throat> excuse me, if you weren't here, we came home from church one day. And, and of course, we had, had a, we had a little bit of problem with cats in the neighborhood, but this day was freaky. I mean, it was like, man, there were, there were, there were cats on the roofs. There were cats in the trees. It was just, it was really weird. And, uh, I almost said, let's put a for sale sign in the yard. Let's move. Let's get away. Uh, but anyway, so anyway, uh, my daughter, Sydney, took a liking to, to one of these. She, she doesn't like me using her for an example, but this is a good one. Uh, she, she took a liking to, to one of these kitties that was in the neighborhood. Now, remember, these are not domestic cats. I mean, they're, they, you know, they, re- they don't like people. They... Uh, of course, I don't think any cats do, but uh, no, I'm kidding. They, they, they do. They're just sneaky. Uh, but so, so, you know, she, she took a liking to one of these kitties. And so, but because it wasn't domesticated, it just wouldn't come to her. So you had to, you had to manipulate that kitty and you had to lure it in with milk and, and a lot of here, kitty, 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 you know, all that stuff. And, and so finally she captured the cat. I'm not, I'm not saying the cat came to her. She captured the kitty. And she, all, all day long, she sat out there and she held that kitty and she fed that kitty and, and kitty was best friend and then somehow got away. And, and I think the, the cat that kind of ruled the neighborhood, I think we call it yellow cat, just this big yellow cat, just big yellow cat and mean cat. And uh, so evidently the, the little kitty cat was afraid of this big yellow cat. And so this big cat, Chase kitty cat up into a tree. So Sydney's just, man, she's just upset. And so she goes down to the end of the driveway. So the tree is right next to our driveway. And she, I mean, she's got a chair out there. We're having to bring her filet mignon. And I'm just kidding. We, she, she's eating lunch out there. And so she, she's out there at the end of the driveway all day long waiting on that kitty to come down. So the kitty wouldn't come down. So finally said, baby, you, sun's going down. You, you got to come inside. And this is, she was probably, I don't know, eight, how old were you, eight, seven, six? She, she was young. And uh, so we said, you got to come inside. I assure you tomorrow that that kitty will come down out of that tree. And you can have that kitty back. And it'll probably be at the front door because you fed it. Well, tomorrow morning came and she was up bright and early. And guess where kitty was? In the tree. In the tree. So it, it repeated all over again. And she she sat out there and she was crying. She was upset. I mean, that's her, her kitty cat. So eventually I broke down and I called somebody. And I said, I'll pay you $50 to come climb this tree 
and get this cat out of the tree, this kitty out of the tree. So somebody came out there, and I'm not talking about a 15-foot tree. I'm talking, that cat's up there 30 feet or more. I mean, it's up in the tree. So they came over, and they got this ladder, and they got it up toward where they climbed the branches, and they climbed up there, and they got the kitty. And I paid them $50. And so Sydney had her cat back, and then the next day, the cat's just gone. It's just, just disappeared. Well, you know, I don't know if it just, of course, we, I don't know if it ran away or, or if that big yellow cat got after it or caught it or whatever, but uh, it, it was just gone, just to, disappeared. And so, you know, and, and it's kind of like the flesh. You know, Sydney, she, she did things that day that she wouldn't normally do. I mean, she sat down at the end of the driveway and she didn't take her eyes off the tree. But the flesh is like, like that. The flesh will cause you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. Matter of fact, the flesh will take you far, further than you want to go. The flesh will keep you longer than you want to stay. And the flesh will cause you to, to pay more than you want to pay. And I definitely paid more than I wanted to pay. And she definitely stayed longer than probably she wanted to stay, right? And so the flesh is a lot like that. And so you and I, we have a flesh part to us. And Romans, Romans says this, that uh, to be spiritually minded. Everybody say spiritually minded. In other words, when you set your mind on the things of the Spirit or on the things of God, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So if you want life and peace in your life, you have to be what? Spiritually minded. But to be carnally minded, now that word carnal is where we get the word flesh from. To be carnally minded, the word says, is death. And he's not just talking about physical death. You know, there's three kind of deaths that, that are mentioned in the Bible. First, there's, there's spiritual death, which means it's, it's, it's separation from God. And, and, and then there's physical death, which you know we're familiar with physical death. And then there's eternal death, where you're eternally separated from God. So when he says to be carnally minded is death, it just means that you, you, you separate yourself from the goodness and the blessing of God, the provision of God, the abundant life that Jesus came to give you and I. So when we're, when we're carnal minded, when we're just ruled and dominated by flesh, well, then we're not going to experience life and peace. We're going to experience death, right? And so I want to give you, a, I just want to read to you from Galatians, the fifth chapter, some characteristics of the flesh, some characteristics of the flesh, because the flesh is our wild side, right? We, we, there's an inward man and there's an outward man. There, there's a part of you, if you're, if you're saved, you've been born again, you've received the life and the nature of God. God's in you, you're perfect, you're holy. But then in your flesh, the unrenewed portion of your mind, you've got all these emotional things, all this yesterday's baggage stuff that just wants to cling to you and dominate your life and dictate how you live, how you respond, how you talk, how you behave, right? And it wants to dictate all that to you. And so the only remedy to that is to become more spiritually minded and get more built up on the inside so that new life, that new nature can dominate that outward man, right? And so in, in uh, uh, what verse did I tell you? In what book did I tell you? Oh, Galatians. All right, Galatians, the fifth chapter. And uh, verse 16, Paul says, I say then, walk in the spirit. 
Walk in the Spirit. And, and look, guys, he's not talking about being weird. Walking in the Spirit is not walking in weirdness. Are you listening? He, he's talking about the same thing about being spiritually minded. Walk in the Spirit. And what, if you walk in the Spirit, what, what's going to happen? He said, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, you won't, you're, you're not going to side in with the flesh. You're not going to allow the flesh to dominate you. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts or wars against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, how many of you have ever been in that boat? I mean, there's something that you want to do, but, man, you keep doing it. It seems like you do the very opposite thing. And then there's things that you don't want to do, and then you end up doing the, I mean, the very thing that you don't want to do. And that's what Paul's talking about here. So that is a, that, that is a clear example of walking not in the Spirit, but walking in the flesh, walking after the dictates of the flesh. Walk according to the flesh. So you do that, you're going to do a lot of things that you don't want to do, right? He goes on to say this in verse 19, and he gives us a description of what the, the wildlife, the, the flesh, looks like. He says, the works of the flesh are evident. Now, when he says they're evident, what does that mean? Man, man you're going to get this. You, you, you're, going to, you're going to see this. The, the works of the flesh are evident, which are Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, or, you know, another word for sorcery is witchcraft. Did you know that witchcraft and sorcery is, is a, it's the works of the flesh? You know, the devil can't do anything without you yielding to him. So he, said, he talks about the, the sorcery. Um, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. In other words, he's trying to say, this isn't an exhaustive list, but you get the point, right? So anything like this stuff is the flesh. It's the works of the flesh, right? And so we're talking about don't feed the wildlife. Don't feed the, these attitudes of the flesh. Don't feed the works of the flesh. Why? Because whatever you feed, guess what? Guess what's going to happen if you feed it? It's going to grow. It's going to get stronger. It's going to multiply in your life. But on the other hand, obedience will multiply in your life. Amen? So uh, the flesh, again, it, it'll take you further than you want to go. I mean, just ask yourself. Decisions that you've made in your past, and you wish you could, you could rewind, hit the rewind button and go back and do that decision over again because you yielding to the flesh you went further into something, maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was into pornography. Maybe it was into uh, bad spending habits. 
You went fur maybe it was in, in some kind of addiction or drugs. You went further than you wanted to go, but that was the flesh. It took you further than you wanted to go. And how many of you, once you get to that place, you're going to stay longer than, I mean, one minute's longer than you really want to stay, right? It's going it's to keep you longer than you want to stay, and it's going to cost you. It will cost you to be there. It'll cost you to live there. And so uh, I want you to notice this because, because one of these works of the flesh that he he mentioned, so we, we could take all of these and we could finish, we could preach for the rest of the year on how to unseat these things in our life. But there's one that just really stuck out to me, and I believe it's, the, I believe it's at the very root of all sinful thought, all sinful behavior, all sinful actions in our life. I believe it is the... I believe it's at the core of the original sin that Adam and Eve committed. I believe it's the, the reason that there's so many relationship problems today. I believe it's why there's so much crime today. I believe it's why there's so many people in the divorce court. I believe that there's why the reason so many people are suing each other. I, be, I believe that this one thing, it is the cause. It is at the very core. It is at the very root of all that is wrong in our world today. And that thing is called selfishness selfishness now none of us want to man we don't want to think that we're selfish I mean I certainly don't want to and, and most of us wouldn't consider ourselves selfish until we start prying a little bit and still until we start looking a little bit closer and then we might go hmm I just may be now look, this message today is, is in no way to condemn anybody. But until we, we shine the light, until we shine the light, until we see, we won't change. How many of you, you won't change until you know that you need to change. And once you see that you need to change, well then you can, you begin, you can begin to make some progress. So the, the very nature and the temperament of our flesh is selfish, selfishness. All you have to do to be selfish is wake up in the morning. That, that's all you got. I mean, it is, it is that persistent in our life. And I'm talking about all of us. It's at the, it's at the core of, of this wild part of it, out of this, this fleshly part of us. It's at the, it's at the, very core of it. Let me give you a definition of selfishness. Selfishness is being concerned excessively or exclusively for oneself or one's own advantage, pleasure, or welfare, regardless of others. That's what selfishness is. Let me read it again. It's being concerned excessively. Everybody say excessively exclusively for oneself or one's own advantage, pleasure or welfare, regardless of others. One of the synonyms for selfishness is greed. That's why the title of this message this morning is Don't Feed the Greed. Don't feed it. It's a uh, 
I mean, these, these two things, selfishness and greed, go hand in hand. You know, there's, you know, a lot of us are walking around infected. We are infected with a pathogen in our life that is really bringing death to every area of our life, and it's selfishness. It's, it's, uh, it's of the devil, it's of the flesh, and it doesn't bring to us life and peace like we think that it might, because how many of you know we, we, we I'm gonna protect me, I'm going into self-preservation mode, I gotta protect, I gotta protect my time, I gotta protect my money, I gotta protect my stuff, and with self-preservation, and what is that? When you boil it down, what is that? It's selfishness. And it doesn't add to our life. It doesn't, it doesn't promote life and peace. It promotes death. We'll get into it, okay? And so, uh, you know, you, so people are walking around. I, I call it the, the, the eye disease. <laughs> I want... I need, I like. You know, there, there's a song by some country singer. I don't, li I don't listen to country music that often, but he, he talked about, uh, let me see if I can remember. Uh, anyway, he said, I want to talk about me. Yeah, he goes on and, and is. And occasionally we'll talk about you, but right now I want to talk about me. And so I, th I think, you know, like you, you ever been into a conversation with someone and, I mean, you're just talking away, talk, and they're just, they're just talking about themselves, talking about themselves, talking about themselves. And almost it's, it's like they get to the end of what they have to say about themselves and they say, well, that's enough about me. Let me hear what you have to say about me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that's... And, and I know that's a little bit funny, and that's a little bit out there on the extreme, and that's a little bit out there on the edge, but selfishness pervades humanity. It is, somebody said, what's the, what's the biggest problem in marriage? And, and people say, well, it's communication. It's not communication. It's selfishness. Well, we know it's communication. We just need to learn to communicate clearly. Look, I hate your guts is really clear. I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you can't get any, I mean, there's no, you're not wondering, now what did they mean by that? <laughs> what exactly is it that they meant by, I hate your guts? <laughs> it, it, I mean, that's pretty clear, right? So it's not a communication problem, although we can learn to communicate better. We, we absolutely can learn to communicate better, but it's a selfishness problem. Let me say, it's a selfishness sin. But because to continually yield to the flesh is a sin. It's a sin. And so uh, there's only one remedy. Only one. And we're not going to have a prayer line today to get rid of it because you can't get rid of it in a prayer line. Your 21 days of prayer and fasting, it may, it may boost up your, your inward man, but you're not going to get rid of it by prayer and fasting. The only way to get rid of selfishness is it has to be unseated in your life. And the way, only way that you can unseat selfishness 
in your life is to, on purpose, become a generous person. That is, that is the only antidote, that is the only remedy to unseat selfishness in your life is to become, on purpose, intentionally, a generous person. Everybody say intentional. On purpose. You've got you to be on purpose. You've got to be intentional about this. In other words, you've got to put forth some very focused effort in order to become a generous person. Amen. So let, here, here's the bottom line. It's also scripture. So we, we might hear this over the next couple of weeks, but here, here's the bottom line of the, the message today. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 8, you have been treated generously, so live generously. You, you've been treated generously, so, you know, live, live a generous life. Live a generous life. And so let me give you a definition of generosity. Let me give you, because I think we, we a lot of, we probably, yeah, I'm generous. I'm, I'm a generous person. Let me give you a de definition of generosity, and then let's just, let's just jump into the really practical application of this. So it doesn't do us any good just to talk about selfishness all morning, Right? We want to unseat that. We want to unseat it. So we want to talk about generosity. But this is the definition of generosity. It's showing a readiness to give more of something that is, to give more of something that is strictly necessary or expected. Let me read it again, real slow. Generosity is showing a readiness to give more of something that is strictly necessary or expected. Everybody say, give more, more. than is, is necessary. Give more, give more. Than, is than is required. Give more, give more. Than, is than is expected. That's generosity. So if we're not giving more than is required, expected, or necessary, I mean, if we're just doing enough. Is that generous? Mm -mm. Because generosity requires us to go the extra, right? It, it requires us to, to give more than is required, more than is necessary, more than just, man, I, I did it. I, I, I got it done. And so from God's word, I have uh, found that there's there's three areas three areas that we we really need to focus our generosity in and when we focus when we focus our generosity in these three areas it will begin to unseat selfishness in our life if we leave one of the three areas out that selfishness will keep its seat in our life okay and so here's the three areas number one our time number two our talents Number three, can y'all guess? It's another T word. Our treasure, our time, our talents, our treasure. So, so we are to be generous in these areas. And if we're generous in these areas, not, not excluding any one of them. So, well, I don't have enough money to, to be generous. Look, and we're not going to talk, no, I'm, I'm not going to go there because we're not talking about money. Okay, so not today. So we're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about time. Time 
is a more valuable asset than money is. It's a more valuable asset than money is. Let me ask you a question. Are you generous with your time because you show up at work? <laughs> what would what, 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 you say? That's expected. Show up on time for work. Is that being generous? No, that's expected. Go home at five. Is that generous? No, that's what time you get off or whenever it is you get off. So that's not really generous. <laughs> We're going to have <laughs> about to step on some toes. I'm just telling you. All right. So, <laughs> all right. You know what? Uh, sometimes, sometimes people are really down on the boss man. Boss man is tight. Boss man, he won't come off the money. When I'm going to get my raise, he's probably loading his pockets. Where's mine? Boss man, not treating me right. Let me ask you something. Are you a clock watcher? <laughs> you know, we want boss man to be generous. But how generous are we? We rushing in there. Man, just in time. Man, oh, I got it. They gave me a five-minute grace period to clock in. I got it in four. That's generous. <laughs> Clock hits five. I'm gone. I'm gone. All right. So y'all thinking about this? How much time do you waste at work? Let me tell you how much time you waste at work. And the time that you waste at work results in billions of dollars of lost productivity every year in America. Billions of dollars. A 2014 survey conducted by Forbes magazine concluded that 89% of respondents said they waste at least some time at work on a daily basis. Employees are spending longer periods than ever before wasting time. And you know, you know how? Social media. How come boss man don't give me a raise? Because you're on social media and not doing your job. Hmm. <laughs> 31% waste roughly 30 minutes daily. 31% waste roughly one hour daily. 16% waste roughly two hours daily. 6% waste roughly three hours daily. 2% waste roughly four hours daily. 2% waste five or more hours daily. I mean, you're only there eight hours. This means 4% of people surveyed waste at least half the average workday on non-work related tasks. Half. 
And this costs companies billions of dollars of lost productivity every single year. God can't bless mess. And that's a mess. That, I mean, that is just, that's dishonorable. Wouldn't you say? You, you going in and he's, he's paying you or she's paying you or they're paying you for X number of hours and you work half that? Because you're chatting it up? Okay, that's going over good. Jesus said, you have been treated generously, so live <clears throat> generously. Is that a, I mean, is that generous? Huh? Is, is that being generous? No, that's being a thief. That's being a thief. Y'all liking this. Ephesians 5 says this from the message, don't waste your time on useless work. Mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. No, don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. <laughs> That's why when the boss walks by, you turn that phone over, man, you get back on the computer, right? Why? Because you know it's wrong. I'm not saying you. I'm talking about the people at the other churches. They, they, they know it's wrong, right? It's a sham. So you say, say not me. You see, God will honor. He'll honor you when you honor other things the right things. Amen? So, uh, how, are you generous with your time? How generous are you with your time? You see, if, if you're just watching the clock, how often do you take off early? And that's fine. But do you kind of get aggravated when you're asked to stay longer? Well, am I going to get paid more? Well, I don't know. Did you get paid less when you took off? I mean, I don't know. How generous are you with your time? Because this is, a, this is, a, this is big. I, I just don't think God is... He, he went to very, very detailed account of creation. He gave it to us by the day. This is what I did on this 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 day. And you read the Genesis account of creation, I don't see any Facebooking in there. He, he's not wasting time, right? He's being productive. And so we need to be productive. You want to be blessed by God? Yeah, but my, that, that boss of mine, he, he, he's hard. He'll, he'll never give me, give me a raise. Look, God can speak to your boss, man. Well, he's not even saved. He can still speak to your boss man. Amen. So, so your time, giving your time away. So it's one, you so you've got one that you, you, you're getting paid for your time, right? On, on your job, you're getting paid for it. You're getting paid for your time. And so to be generous 
when you're getting paid for your time, you got to give a little bit more than what's expected or required of you. If you're going to say it's generous, if you're going to say it's generous, you got to give a little bit more. Now, here's another side of this. What about giving your time away? Because you can't, you can't separate generosity from giving. And so what about giving your time away? You know, I'm so appreciative of all those who serve on our dream team. And, and man, they show up here on, on Sunday mornings and they show up early and the, the band and the singers and the ushers and they show up early. And uh, I'm so appreciative of that. And they're giving time away, giving it away. People who are serving in the nurseries and you know, you know, changing diapers and cleaning facilities and, and waving at cars and parking cars and ushering and greeting and teaching and, and doing classes and praying. I, I'm appreciative of that. That is giving time away. And so sometimes we have to watch our attitude with this, even giving our time away. And why I have to be there so early? Because it's not about you. Remember, we're not singing a country song. It's not about you. So let me ask you, how willing are you? How willing are you to give your time? So that, how willing are you to change diapers? How willing are you to vacuum floors? How willing are you to park cars? How willing are you to wave at cars? How willing are you to teach classes? How willing are you to play an instrument? How willing are you to sing so that other people can come to Christ? You say, let's put it all in perspective because we're talking about generosity. Our generosity, our generosity is to, it is, translates into lives being changed. It, it translates into people coming to Christ. So this is what, I, this is what I'll ask you. You know, I, I know most of you probably here, you're in a place of service in your, in your local church. And I think, and we don't like to use the word volunteer around here, but it is volunteer. And so uh, to those of you who are serving, I appreciate you. And I, and I, I want to I leave you, I want to leave you with a scripture, those of you who are serving. Let me, uh, Get back to these notes here. Hebrews 6.10, God said, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You know, God doesn't forget about you. He, he sees when, when, when you're giving that time away, he sees that. And you know what? We see it. And so you, this, I just want to announce this right now, that in March, we're having our dream team party. And this is only for dream team people. This is for people who are serving on the dream team in some capacity. And so we're, we're having a dream team party. And so all those who are serving on the dream team get to come to this party. We're going to have food, not going to cost you anything. We're going to have fun. Not going to cost you anything. We're going to have a, a great time. Now, look, you say, why? I wish you wouldn't talk about that. I'm not on the dream team. I can't come. Yeah, you can. All you have to do. All you have to do is 
go to starting point. That's all you got to, you go to starting point. You, you can begin today at 11 o'clock, you can go to starting point. You can go to starting point, go through the classes, get on a team, begin to serve. And guess what? You can, you, you, can start, you, can, you can go to the, you can go to the party, right? You can, you can come to the party. We, we're going to have fun. So we, that's, that's in March. We'll get you dates on that later. So let me, let me ask you, and, and I, th- I think you, you get the gist of this. We are to be generous with our time. Jesus said, you, you've been treated generously, so live your life generously. Live generously. Live generously with your time. I mean, just, just give it away. You know, I, I think sometimes there's this, there's this uh, fear if we give more away, there's not going to be enough left for us. Right? Y'all think like that? If, if, if I give too much more away, I'm not going to have anything left of my time. Uh, but it's not, it's not until we really die to that that we really realize that you can't outgive God with your time. I mean, he'll multiply it back to you. You know, I'm, I'm amazed this 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're in. I need to hurry up. Uh, y'all listen quick so I can hurry. The 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'm, I'm up at 4 o'clock every morning. I'm going, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be dragging by noon. And it's, just, it's amazing just how, how God strengthens. He, he strengthens us. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't been coming to prayer, come to prayer. We're, we're, we're having a fantastic time. So let me ask you, what, what, what might your next steps be? Some of you, your next step is, man, I just need to go through a starting point. I need, to, I need to get on the ball and do this. Some of you, your next step, you've been through starting point, but you've just kind of been sitting out or maybe you've dropped out or whatever. It's, it's time to jump back on. It's going, to be, it's going to become more and more difficult just to sit, right? You, you, you can get, because, you know, God, he wants, he wants us to, he wants us to give it away so he can multiply it back to us. And some of, uh, some, for some of you, your next step is, is just simply this. God's been so generous to you. And you just need to receive his generosity. He, he, he was so generous that he sent Jesus, and you just need to receive that free gift of salvation that Jesus came to give. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray for everyone in here right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you speak to our hearts in whatever area that you, you, you so desire, but especially in, with how we're using our time, our minutes, our hours, how we're using those. Are they glorifying you or are they selfish? So I ask that you just point that out to each of us individually and help us make the correction. Father, I pray for those who who are serving. I thank you, Lord, that you hadn't forgotten about them, that you bless them. Father, for those who are not serving, but they're about to be. Lord, I thank you that you direct them right into the right place that you would have for them. And Father, I pray for anyone in here who's never received your free gift of salvation. I ask that you just speak to their hearts and draw them to yourself right now. I'm not going to ask anyone to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but if you're in here, every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in here this morning, you've never given your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus. 
but you want to do that this morning, just something on the inside just kind of pulling at you. The Lord's just knocking at the door of your heart. He's just drawing you to himself. I want to pray for you. So I'm going to just count to three if that's you. I just want you to raise your hand. And we'll pray. You say, well, Pastor Chuck, I think I'm okay with God. I, believed, I believe in God. I believed in God all my life. That's awesome, but nowhere in the scriptures does it say if you just believe in God that you're okay with God. The demons believe, and they're not all right with God. So I've gone to church all my life. That's fine, but going to church doesn't make you a Christian. So, Pastor, I've, 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 I've tried to, my best to live good, and I think the good in my life has outweighed the bad, so I think I'm all right with God because I'm, you know, I'm good enough. That's awesome, but nowhere in the Bible does it say that if you're good enough, you can get to heaven. If you can get to heaven, you're going to have to do it God's way. Jesus, who is God, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus said you must be born again. From the beginning of the Bible to the end just means you have to give your whole heart and your whole life to him. You've got to sell out 100%. So I want to pray for you. So I'm going to, look, I'm going to count to three. Just raise your hand. We'll pray. One, two, three, right now. Anyone in here looking across the room? All right, everybody's saved. Good, good. Okay. Everybody say, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to live a generous life. Amen.